Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 7, verses 10 through 24. This is the second part of the longer text where Jesus goes to the Feast of Booths. We covered verses 1 through 9 in the previous text, and in that text, Jesus' brothers were telling him that if he wanted to raise his profile, he needed to go up to Jerusalem for the feast, but he made it clear that he wasn't going to go there on their terms. He did end up going on his own terms, however, and that's where we pick it up, verse 10. But after his brothers had gone up up to the feast. Then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. As I talked in the previous devotion, Galilee is in a jurisdiction north of Judea. Judea is where Jerusalem is, which is where the feast would be, and so people had to travel from the north to the south. But as they traveled, they would travel, these Jewish people, in caravans or family groups or whatever. Jesus didn't go like that, but he went privately. You can imagine him maybe walking up there by himself, not attached to anybody else, kind of on the down low. Verse 11, the Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, he is a good man, others said, no, he is leading the people astray. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. So another thing we talked about is that one of the reasons Jesus was wanting to keep a lower profile and stay away from Jerusalem, because he didn't want to stir up the Jews who were looking to kill him and get rid of him quite yet. It wasn't his time. And when you go to Jerusalem, there's a great concentration of these very religious Jews, Jewish leaders, scribes, teachers of the law, and he'd be putting himself in danger. Not that he's opposed to putting himself in danger, that's the whole reason he came to earth, but just he's not ready to be put in that position yet. And you can see in the text that there are various opinions about Jesus among the Jews in Jerusalem, as well as a sense that he's kind of this polarizing lightning rod type figure who no one wants to talk about because they don't want to be outed as being on this side or that side. They just try to stay away from the topic of Jesus altogether. Verse 14, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up and into the temple and began teaching. Now, I think this is interesting because at first Jesus is saying, I don't want to go up to Jerusalem and stir things up. And then when he decides to go up, he goes up privately and kind of under the radar. But pretty soon he can't help himself and he ends up in the temple teaching. Verse 15, the Jews therefore marveled saying, how is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? So Jesus said to them, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. So those are some incredible statements right there, and I'm going to come back to them at the end, so hang on while we get through the rest of this text. In verse 19, Jesus continues, Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? In other words, they're saying, Are you crazy? No one's trying to kill you. And they think that he's being paranoid, that he's demon-possessed because he thinks people are trying to kill him. Now Jesus is going to refer back to the invalid man who he healed in verse 5. You remember he did that on the Sabbath, which made the Jewish leaders particularly upset. And he's going to use the next couple verses to discredit that as a reason for their being upset with him and wanting to kill him. Verse 21, Jesus answered them, I did one work and you all marvel at it. He's talking about healing this invalid man in chapter 5. And then he makes his case. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on 
the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So in that argument, Jesus is reminding these Jewish opponents of his that even though they're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath, which is why they accused him of being a sinner or wrongdoing when he healed the invalid man on the Sabbath, if the eighth day of a baby boy's life happens to land on the Sabbath, the eighth day being the day that Moses and the fathers commanded that circumcision would be done, they would still circumcise this child. So Jesus is using their own rituals, their own customs to say, hey, listen, it's okay for you guys to perform a circumcision on one part of a person's body on the Sabbath, but you're mad at me because I healed an entire person, not just one part of a person, an entire person on the Sabbath. You need to start to judge with right judgment, not according to your appearances. And when they judge according to their appearances, what they're judging by is this assumption that they are righteous in everything they do and that Jesus is the sinner, when actually the complete opposite is true. And now to go back to verses 16 through 18, Jesus says something very important that informs whether we are judging with right judgment or not. First of all, he says that what he's teaching is not on his own authority, but rather it's on the authority of God who sent him. And secondly, he said that a person will know that his teaching is from God if that person's will is to do God's will. So if we want to judge with right judgment, as Jesus refers to in the very last verse, we need to, number one, submit to the authority of God, which what that looks like in our lives today is submitting to the teachings of his word. One of the byproducts of that is being able to judge with right judgment, judge whether something's right or wrong, judge what we think God's calling us to do today or with our lives. Judge how we should spend our time or our money. Judge who we should reach out to or what kind of conversations we should have with those people. We're talking about discernment here. And Jesus is also revealing that as we are obedient to God, as we submit to his will, as we make our will align with his will as it's revealed in scripture, then we will grow in our understanding and conviction that Jesus' words are God's words. That is to say that spiritual understanding isn't produced solely by learning facts about what the Bible says. Spiritual understanding doesn't come from jumping through a bunch of ritualistic hoops. Rather, spiritual understanding in part depends on obedience. Obedience to things that we know are true, things that are revealed in scripture. If we want to grow in spiritual understanding, we need to make sure that we're aligning ourselves with the things that are clearly revealed in God's word. The people who heard Jesus speaking marveled at what he said because they knew he hadn't gone through all the worldly educational or training processes. He had learned the way that the Jewish leaders learned, but he spoke with authority and he understood things that they thought you couldn't understand if you hadn't gone to school to learn them. Same goes for today. There are a lot of people with seminary degrees who don't know their head from a hole in the ground in terms of what God's word says. They certainly haven't submitted to it in many cases. And a lay person like you or me, who's relatively untrained, if we're willing to submit to God's word and obey what it says, can be given spiritual knowledge that far surpasses many of the folks who've gone through the educational hoops. And that's not to downplay a formal theological education, for example, provided that it is done in submission to and in alignment with the Word of God, which is something that every one of us is capable of. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio 
broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.